Hi, welcome to Speaking of Social Justice. I'm Julie Mackin and I'm being joined today by Dr. Michael Walker because Michael's going to talk about a fantastic book that he's just read and if you are under the age of 40 or care for someone who is under the age of 40, it's a book you really should be reading. Michael, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. So, to the book. Yes, so the book I'm going to talk about today is Gen F, that's spelt Gen F apostrophe D question mark by the economist Alison Pennington, who is well known uh, through her position at the Australia Institute. And Alison spells out, as you can tell from the title, how, uh, you know, the millennials and younger Australians are really in dire straits economically due to a number of big issues in the way our economy is structured. So, Michael... It's, this is a bummer about talking about a book. Someone's gone into the trouble of writing a couple of hundred pages about the issue, and I'm going to ask you in a typical impatient fashion, what are the three big take-home problems, and does she offer any solutions? So maybe we could start with three of the issues she thinks are really destroying a younger generation. Yeah, so Alison breaks it down. The three issues she really draws out, are number one is bad jobs. So bad in terms of not paying very well, uh, but also bad in the sense they're not secure. So uh, they don't offer many hours a week. People end up having to work multiple jobs to cobble together a living income. And so the the old jobs where you could depend on having livable income from one single job uh, are very hard to find, especially for people who are younger. So this is what a lot of people are now calling the precariat class, people who are so precariously attached to work that they don't have any of the rights, any of the stuff we take for granted. Like during the um, COVID outbreak, we realised one third of Australian workers don't have sick pay. Right. Those kinds of jobs. Totally. Yep. Um, the second one is one that we're all very familiar with is the, the issue of the housing price, the housing markets. For a long time, everyone's just sort of, I don't know, perhaps believed that the prices would eventually come down one day. Alison says there's just no way government will allow a serious mm. housing crash to happen. Um, they will intervene to prop it up if they have to. And so it's time to really think about alternate ways, like expecting people on, on these kinds of jobs that I just described to be able to save up a deposit on a house is, is just ludicrous. Well, I mean, the basics are a bank won't give you a loan if you're not securely employed. So that's the end of that. Right. You know, but it's interesting she says that because we've just had an election in New South Wales. And what's been really clear from this is the kind of Gen X vote and younger is suddenly becoming really relevant to politics. And the major parties, particularly the Liberal Party, have been kind of caught high and dry by this, and they've got nothing to speak to that demographic about. So maybe as people age in really pretty grim housing conditions, it will inform the politics. Mm-hmm. I noticed that too on the, the election broadcast, I was yeah. watching the two strategists from both sides like commented on people's housing situations being the number one driver of how they're going to vote. Totally. And because it so manifests what is wrong with the whole system. Anyway, this is, I keep interrupting, don't I? (laughs) What's the third one? So the third is like neoliberal government. So expectations of what government can deliver in terms of services are now so low, whereas, you know, it, it wasn't always this way. Like not that long ago, government was delivering many services, um, very efficiently. But of course, we all took the Reagan-Thatcher pill and government provided less and less. What 
what they couldn't provide themselves, they, they outsourced to the civil society to provide on contract basis. That's, the that's, I find that fascinating because I re, like I'm a, as I said I'm a very old person here. I remember Department of Public Works used to employ millions of people. We used to own airlines, we used to own banks, we used to own housing, we used to own the roads. We used to actually say we are so clever, we pay tax, which gives us hospital, education, roads, airlines, and banks, right? Because right. we're clever kids, and then we continue to pay tax. But they privatised all of the things that we used to all own in common. And now it's we're just dummies who continue to pay tax and own nothing. Yep, yep. And government does still spend money. But funnily enough, it, it spends it on uh, big construction projects, for example, that end up in developers' pockets. Like WestConnex yeah, or yep. AUKUS. Yep, yep. Or, or the, the airport out of west of Sydney. So... Uh, they're not spending it on services that go directly to the benefit of citizens. And just picking up on the point about civil society, that, although she doesn't spell it out as a standalone issue, I think that is, does run through the book as a theme, that the atrophying of civil society is another big problem, that unions and other groups uh, who in the past you know, spoke up and, and spoke to government don't have the capacity that they had to had in the past. And Part of the reason for that is the the time people need to spend to become involved in these organisations. They just don't have because they have to work so long, such long hours. And then we've got the problem of collectivism, which says if you want to get politically engaged, you join one of these online organisations like GetUp or something like that. You click a petition, it sends it off automatically and you've been actively engaged. Of course, that's nonsense. And of course, no politician has ever been scared of an online petition. That just doesn't work. Unless we're meeting people face to face, we're not meeting people. Yeah, and and you've right identified that's one of the solutions that Pennington points out. Like she really emphasises the significance of face to face activism. That you you can't substitute that with digital. Digital has its place. It's it's a very good way to find people who are interested in a cause and and start to get them interested. But it, it that's about it. Like you've got to get people together to build trust and to you know thrash out a common position in terms of the housing thing it's time to really think beyond just selling people this illusion of hope that uh one day they'll be able to buy in or or, or you can you know live further and further and further away from the metropolitan center and just spend two three four hours commuting and time to really think about different kinds of solutions to the housing problem so alison pennington talks about in the city of Oslo, uh, 40% of the housing is social housing. And this is this is in a, a very high income country. So that's a conversation that we need to start having. So public housing, meeting people face to face, any other ideas? And <laughs> a, a big emphasis on the potential of, of you know, union renewal or perhaps, you know, worker organisation renewal. And she spends a great deal of time talking about it, um, using examples of the renewal that's being seen in the United States where, you know, the union movement's had a harder time of it than here. And, yeah, I, I think you can see the beginnings of it here. I'd, I'd point to um, the Oz International Students Hub that was uh, set up and run for the most part by Diana Olmos during COVID, where international students who had no rights under COVID got together and organised and uh, unlocked serious funding from the government because they, they got themselves mm. organised. So mm. I see that as hope for the future. Yeah, yeah. 
People want to organise collectively. We're herd animals. Ultimately, we will try, you know, life itself teaches us that divided we fall, united we stand. You know, we are collective creatures. So what's the book called again? Yeah, so Jen Eft, F apostrophe D question mark by Alison Pennington and, and it's published by Crikey Books. Beauty. Thanks, Michael. <laughs>